Would you like to accelerate your career and reach your full potential in just minutes a day? Welcome to the LeadX Show with New York Times bestselling author and Inc. 500 entrepreneur, Kevin Cruz. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the LeadX Leadership Podcast. I am so excited. We're going to dive right into it today because I have the pleasure of interviewing practically a neighbor. <laughs> Longtime listeners know we've got leadership guests uh, from all around the world. And today um, I'm going to be talking to Hope Bear from AWeber. And I discovered uh, Hope's work. I certainly knew of AWeber. I discovered Hope when she wrote this really cool article about engagement and onboarding that I found online. So Hope, welcome to the LeadX Leadership Show. Thank you so much for having me. Now, Anyone who's involved in marketing will, will already know your company, AWeber. But for those who aren't involved in, in, in marketing, they might even think, what? What's, it? What's an AWeber? So tell us about the company and then tell us about your role in the organization. Okay, great. So AWeber is an email marketing and automation uh, company, and we service um, a little over 100,000 small companies across the world. And basically, we help those small businesses connect with their subscribers and build their businesses. Uh, we've been in business for over 20 years, so we were the first to the marketplace. And um, it's a very simple and easy to use platform that we have. And it's all about connecting people in remarkable ways. I've been with AWeber now for six years. I am the chief people officer there. And it's an amazing company with a really strong culture. And we're always looking for new and different ways to really empower our teams so that they reach their potential and help our customers reach their potential. So this is already fascinating to me. So uh, approximately how many employees work at AWeber? We have a little over 100 right now in Bucks County. Okay. So we have over 100 employees. And in um, well, I'll just say it. So fairly small business, small, but mighty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. but when we think about, um, and, and as I think about, uh, human resources, human capital management, um, often people talk about enterprise companies, like more than 5,000 employees, mid market, which might be, I don't know, you know, 500 to, to 5,000. And then any 500 and less is often categorized as small business. And, the conventional wisdom when it comes to HR stuff and people stuff and leadership stuff is that small businesses don't care about it, right? So, so they to, to already to have a chief people officer title in a company of your size is remarkable. And we're about ready to hear about other ways you really invest in people. And so, I mean, just first off, I want my listeners to understand how remarkable and unique your culture is hats off to your, your company leadership because most small and many mid-market companies, the people stuff is an afterthought. Like they don't believe in it or they don't think they have the, the budget for it. And even at your size, um, you guys are taking it like very seriously. I mean, where does that come from? Why do you think you guys are so different than other small businesses out there? Well, I mean, I can say that Tom, our founder, it's always been very important to him. I mean, when you're in a business and you want to connect people in remarkable ways, you really can't fulfill your vision unless you carry that within the company. So it's always been important for us to really ensure that our people are empowered, that our team is inspired, that they really feel connected to the business. Because at the end of the day, if they don't feel connected, we're not going to be able to deliver the product to our customers. 
And, and what you just said there reminds me, and this is where like I, I fell in love with your work when I read your article, like you wrote, top talent won't last very long if they don't feel connected. If retaining employees is your goal, fostering an environment that yields team member engagement is key. And obviously, you know, I, I live by that. Our company, you know, lives by that. But the focus is on that word connected. And I always feel like companies that are getting employee engagement wrong, it's like they have the wrong definition. They don't know what it means. To me, it's, you know, engagement is when you're emotionally connected to the organization, its goals, your coworkers. And so you just mentioned again, without my prompting, this idea of, of feeling connected. And your article um, talks about how you, you take this very seriously and you start, well, actually before day one with this onboarding process. So maybe just give us some highlights on what you do to onboard new team members. Yeah, so um, really to onboard our team members, what we really wanna do is we want to wow them, right? Because from a recruiting standpoint, we're interviewing them, they're interviewing us. So it's a really big and a very important decision on both sides of the equation. And once an individual says yes to AWeber, it's all about, okay, now they've committed themselves to AWeber. How can we actually connect with them and have them start living our values from day one? So we send them a welcome kit in the mail and it has some swag and it talks about our core values and it talks about um, how on day one they're going to be meeting with a buddy. And if there is more than a week lag between, let's say, the box and when they start. We invite them to come in for lunch with us and really start talking and meeting and getting to know the team. Then when they come in on their first day, our first day of a 10-day onboarding process, and this process is for everyone. It's not just for one particular department. If it's a CTO that's coming into the building, they do the exact same thing. It's from a 10,000-foot level, and it's really to create those connections within AWeber so that individuals can build strong relationships. Because if you're not able to trust those around you, you're not going to be able to give yourself really, I guess, be emp empowered and inspired to really create those solutions that are going to be meaningful to the company and to our customers. So we spend a lot of time with our culture, creating the connections, um, having them understand what the product is and having them shadow other team members to really understand that not everyone knows everything. Right. So it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to say, can I have some help? Because from the very beginning, we want them to know that we value you. We want you to be authentic. We want you to feel comfortable. We want you to ask questions. This is a safe and secure environment for you to start your career or continue it. Yeah, or, or right, or, or continue it. And again, so much uh, great stuff. I want to underline some things for our listeners. And, and again, the fact that, uh, you, you know, you're doing all this good work in a small business is inspiring, shows anyone can, can find the time and, and the little bit of money to, to pull this off. Uh, I have um, a friend who just started a new job uh, just recently. And um, you know, everything's cool there, but the week before she started, we did have a couple conversations like, wow, you know, it's, um, uh, you start on Monday and it's been a few weeks since you've spoken to them. Sure hope they remember you're coming in. <laughs> sure hope they're there that day. Sure hope they remember to have a laptop ready or whatever it is. And, and what you're doing is you're reaching out that week before with that welcome letter, with that first impression, with swag. You know, I'm wearing for the people who are listening or uh, uh, reading this, this article, you know, I'm wearing swag and uh, lead X swag in our interview. And I never used to 
really appreciate swag. I'm just such an analytical introvert. It's like, you know, I don't need swag. Just let me get my work done. And I, I met some team members who said, Kevin, you don't understand. Like, you know, it's, um, when we're wearing swag, I mean, there's, and there's mugs and other things you can have, you know, swag, but when you're wearing swag, it's like our superhero uniform. They said, mm -hmm. you know, we feel like we're, we're dressed up, ready for action. We're aligned. And especially when you're a part of a team and a lot of people are wearing the swag, having the mugs or whatever it is, it's really important. And it really opened my eyes. And so the fact that you're doing this great first impression and letting people know that you're excited and you're ready for them to show up on day one is just super, super cool. So I, I love that. And, and 10 days, I mean, that's a pretty long and big investment. You think about two weeks out of 52, you're investing a lot in these mm -hmm. new buyers um, before they're even getting productive. And I guess it's just what everybody knows is part of the process at this point, right? It is part of the process. And we want to make sure that that individual understands the decision that they've made and understands the culture that we have because the culture isn't for everyone, right? So I don't want to hire someone who's not going to do a great job. At the same time, I don't want somebody to select a Weber and say, this isn't for me. So even with the onboarding process, after they go through the 10 days, I should say nine and a half days, on the <laughs> last day, they're actually, they meet with our COO and he asks them, you know, how has the onboarding process been? Can you tell me some things that we could do better? Can you tell me some things that were, you know, fabulous that we should continue to do. And then he also says to them, you know, if you believe this is the place for you and you can make a great contribution and continue to impact this environment positively, we want you to stay. However, after these two weeks, if you believe this isn't for you and you feel as though you've made the wrong decision, that's okay. We'll pay you $2,000 and it's okay to say goodbye right now. And that we have found has them make that commitment one more time. Um, since I've been here, we've never have any, we've never had anybody take us up on that offer. And it has reinforced that they've made that great decision to be here and contribute. Yeah, that's a great policy. And I think it was years ago, um, like, uh, you know, Tony Shea at Zappos kind of got made popular that approach. Yep. A lot of companies were doing it, but he's got great PR and marketing. So he got credit for, uh, you know, paying people to quit. And um, I, I think it's a great practice. And we, we would always, we always do something similar you know, over 30 years. I've always done that where early on, because you don't want people, you don't want to continue to invest in someone when they are already half checked out or not feeling it, you know, they're going to be gone in six or nine months anyway. So you'd rather as painful as it's going to be into that relationship early on. And I would always tell people like, listen, if this isn't right for you. Let me start helping you to find the next exactly. thing right now. And, and no, you know, no hard feelings, you know, nobody really knows until we get into it. And I'd rather do that now than a year from now. So right. I, I think, I think it's great. So, we both know that um, part of a big part of engagement, a big part of feeling connected at work and, and um, having a great experience at work, a lot of that has to do with who who our manager is. You know, Gallup says seventy percent of engagements tied to our manager. It, it's it, we join a company, but often we leave a boss. <laughs> for, right. for, you know, that's just the way it goes, and so. I'm always fascinated. Um, uh, you probably have, I'm guessing, in, in a company your size, maybe 10 to 20 people managers uh, on the team. Is that about right? That is about right, yes. Okay. 
So describe for us, <clears throat> what do you do either uh, when someone becomes a manager or just to continue to develop the, the leaders in your company? So we have a few things that we really concentrate on. And I would say that the overall arching idea is to really empower our managers, number one, to make good decisions, to always assume positive intent, to trust their team that they are going to do the best thing, to be clear with their expectations, and to continue to add the human element back into the workplace. Because again, if we go back to the beginning, it's all about those connections and then being compassionate about those connections and really finding what makes your team members special and really leveraging those strengths in a good way. So we uh, have some internal programs that we use as well as some external programs. And from a internal program, we have the predictive index that we use a lot, which actually helps with behavioral assessments. And we use that for communication training, conflict resolution, um, emotional intelligence, we also spend some time on, and we spend a lot of time on situational leadership as well, because a one-size-fits-all approach with leadership and management just doesn't work. We're all individuals. So we spend a lot of time talking to our managers and coaching them as to how can they tailor their style to meet everybody's needs in the best possible way. Um, let me let me interrupt right there, because this is really good stuff, and I'm uh, we're all grateful that you're sharing specifics about the programs, because it gives people ideas there's going to be a lot of listeners who are like, we're getting ready to, we want to launch an EQ program and this is, this is helpful. And so you mentioned predictive index and, mm -hmm. you know, as uh, one of your assessments. And I'm curious, do you use that as part of the selection process before hiring or just as an internal tool once people are on board? We use it across the board. So every candidate actually takes the predictive index. We use it as additional information during the interview process. We also then use it for um, communication, conflict resolution, succession planning, development. We use it across the board. I mean, you'll see if you were to come into our environment, we have predictive index printouts everywhere. That's and nice. it's not uncommon, even in conversations for people to say in a meeting, hey, Joe, you need to please be quiet your high B is kicking in right now. You need to give somebody else some time to speak. It's very, it's very sweet that we're able to be that open. No, but that, I was going to say, that's great that you've got that kind of open psychological safety driven mm -hmm. culture. And uh, the PI is giving you a language that you can use that also kind of frames it for everyone. Um, what about EQ? Are you using a particular, you know, vendor book uh, assessment for that? So we actually have a consultant that we have used. He incorporates it into all of his training that he does with us. So that's just something that we continuously reinforce in the trainings that we have. And great. And you mentioned situational leadership, which is from, uh, from Blanchard yes. uh, uh, program. And, and you were doing great explaining, but you, you also, before you even got into the specifics of some of these tools, you were very, um, intentional talking about, you know, making great, great decision making and positive intent and trust. Are these um, like just things, you know, are important leadership or are they written out somewhere like, Hey, th these are the things we want you to learn about, or this is part of your performance review or part of our engagement survey. I mean, how formalized is that? So during our onboarding process, we actually have a list of commitments that we speak to all of our new hires with. And basically what we say to them is that, you know, as an AWeber team member, we want 
everyone to be respectful. We want everyone to speak for themselves. We want everybody to be committed, accountable. And we go through a whole list of commitments. And then that just um, spreads across the organization. And from a manager and leadership perspective, it then turns into more of that trust that we can talk about, as well as assume positive intent. I am a firm believer that 99.9% of our population wants to do the right thing. Rules and regulations are meant for the point. 1% that right. does something wrong. And we are all ad adults. And I believe that everybody wants to make the right decision. Sometimes we might go off course, but then that becomes a coaching opportunity. And that's how we learn and we get better. You should have been the co-author of my uh, last book, because that's what I say, you know, great leaders have no rules because the rules, you know, are, are put in place really to just protect that one, two, three percent of the population. But everybody else then feels a little bit less engaged, like, oh, I just bumped into that rule. It's better to just make make the mistakes a feedback moment, a coachable moment, and have mm -hmm. as few um, rules as possible. So, tell me more, because I, I just kind of jumped in once I heard PI and EQ. Um, what else can you tell us, Ben, about the, uh, the, the leadership development process there? So, the other piece about it is, is that we're a very flat organization, and sometimes that um, can be a challenge being that we are small from a development opportunity for development opportunities. So what we've actually implemented is career pathing because I also look at our entire team as being leaders. You don't necessarily have to have people responsibility to be a leader. So regardless of where you are, you can actually say, hey, I'm in customer solutions right now. I would really love to be an engineer or I would really love to be in product management. And we'll actually sit down and do an assessment. Where are your gaps right now? What is it that you need to learn? And then put together individual training programs for them to gain that expertise. Not that we're guaranteeing them a job because I can't look into the future and see if I'm going to have an opening in a year, right. but to say that you'll be the most, hopefully, most qualified individual for that role when it opens. So again, it gives our team the opportunity to do things outside of their everyday. It gives them the opportunity to really discover what their passions are. Um, they can go on two or three different career paths. They might finish one and move on to another one. And it also allows them the opportunity, if we don't necessarily have that job, they, they can leave us. And I encourage that because I want to see our team members grow because they might go out, gain more experience and skills, and then two years come back to us. And that's the best gift in the world. So um, I think it has a lot of benefits for the individual team members as well as a Weber. As I listen to you, you know, I can't help but think of another great company, which is Netflix. And, and they, um, you know, have the famous culture deck that, that the main slide says freedom with accountability. And that goes to, to let's have as few, few rules as possible, but you're still held accountable and we're all uh -huh. adults here. Um, but, but they talked about um, Patty, I'm blanking on her last name right now for some reason, but when they started up Netflix, they said, let's be a great place for people to have worked. I mean, it wasn't that they were going to assume people were going to spend, I mean, you know, they're, they're especially, you know, it's like tech Valley engineers, fast growing people move around and they were realistic about it. Like, let's be a great place for people to have come from. Not that we're going to hold people for 30 years or assume that they're going to stay with us, you know, forever or be bitter when they leave. Let's create an amazing place. So they don't want to leave, but if they do, that's, we, we get it. And, right. um, and we'll help them on that career path. And it just 
changes the, uh, the mood so much. Um, and I'm curious about the results. I mean, so again, you're starting literally from before day one, uh, reinforcing with all of your culture and, and your, your PIs and training your, your leaders to create this um, hopefully highly engaged workforce. Do you measure it? Do you do engagement surveys or employee satisfaction surveys? Are there other ways you can tell that this is working? Yes. So we do measure it. We uh, Three times a year, we do an MPS survey. Uh, all of our surveys are non-anonymous. That is another commitment that we ask. And we're very, very um, committed to that because we really do believe that we want every team member to speak for themselves and also be part of the solution. So in those engagement surveys, if I get a comment I wish I had better benefits. If it was anonymous, I wouldn't know who to go to, nor would I know exactly what benefits we were lacking in from their perspective. So once I have a name, I'm able to take that conversation with that individual and help them be part of the solution. And that that has actually helped us a great deal because we've been able to get actionable feedback that we've been able to improve our environment to a a greater extent going forward. So that's been fabulous. The other thing is, is that we measure it by turn, turnover and retention. Our turnover has decreased substantially over the past five years and our retention has gone up dramatically. So for a tech company, our seniority now is 3.7 years, which is wow. unbelievable. And our turnover has gone down from a high of 33. Um, we did reach a low last year of 17%. So again, for a tech company, that's amazing. It really is amazing. Um, yeah, it, again, it's such a um, white hot job class and and people can and often do, you know, sort of um, move around to get those big bumps in pay that can come, mm-hmm. come with that. Now, this is... <laughs> This is a selfish bonus question that I certainly didn't prepare you for. So being, <laughs> we're both in the Philadelphia, greater Philadelphia area, not necessarily known as uh, being a magnet for software engineering and startup, you know, culture. I mean, I think we're getting better and we're doing our part, right, to try to you know, wave the flag and all the rest, but we're not Silicon Valley. We're not Boston, we're not New York. Um, so my question is a recruiting question. I mean, how have you found, um, what are the tricks to getting great engineering talent in the greater Philadelphia area? So I wouldn't necessarily say it's a trick. I would say that it really is about being proud of what sets you apart. And for us, we know that our culture sets us apart from other employers. And we're out there. We're pounding the pavements. We are showing who we are, what means a lot to us within the community. And by us being out there, people are learning about AWeber and those individuals are attracted to us as well as we're being able to get in touch with a lot of individuals that we believe would be attracted to us. So it really is about leveraging our strengths and that is our culture. That's great. I love that. Um, anything else you can add for or advice for, um, you know, peers out there who are, again, maybe in a small to mid-sized company and they're just now going to develop a leadership training program or a new manager training, you know, academy, whatever they want to call it. Like what advice would you give to them in terms of, okay, based on what you've seen and know and, and what works, what doesn't work, what should they keep in mind as they build their program? I think the, the, the first thing that I would say is it, it's hard work. 
it takes time. It's not like throwing a light switch where once you put a program in within a month or two months, you're going to see results. It takes years. It's not something that's cultivated within a month. The other thing is, is that it really is about creating a trust within that manager team and also giving those managers the ability to make decisions and coaching them. Because it's easy for a manager to say, HR said, or this is what needs to be done because it's the rule. And what you really want to do is inspire your managers and leaders to be courageous with their decision-making so that they can inspire their team to be courageous in their decision-making. And it really comes back to establishing that trust-safe environment um, that's going to pay back dividends, I really do believe. I love that advice. And you hit on what used to be um, w- one of my greatest weaknesses as a leader. I mean, back um, when I was in my 20s and 30s, in a, in a misguided effort to be a, a good, likable, nice boss, it was very easy when there was bad news or tough change going on for me to say, well, I mean, I don't support that decision, but I didn't make it. What can we do? And sure, that made me popular, made everybody, you know, like Kevin. It wasn't Kevin's idea to do the layoff or to change the expense policy or the dress code or whatever it was. Um, but it didn't engage them. It created an us versus them environment and uh, if anything, disengage them because now their leader, someone who they trust is saying, yeah, that's a dumb decision. And later I learned they're sort of, you know, that, and this is hard for, I think, a lot of young frontline managers to understand. Your first team is the team, quote unquote, above you in a traditional uh, org chart. Um, your second team is actually the team that reports to you. You know, you're paid to lead. And uh, so to make sure that you're thinking about like how to coach and how to operate in all directions with transparency and trust, Mm -hmm. but to represent and to help foster change when leadership overall has decided this change is, is for our benefit. Um, It's really what you have to do. And and it took me a while, but I finally realized there's a way for me to say uh, whether I agree with something or not is actually irrelevant. You know, the leadership has discussed this. Here's why we are doing this. And if you just explain something that might not be popular, then at least there's that understanding and um, it, it, uh, it doesn't make that us versus them environment uh, as much. Exactly. That can be really destructive. And yeah. that is actually one of our commitments as well, is that we're all in this together. That's great. Yeah. Um, last question, Hope. So um, I'm just curious in the, in the year ahead, is there anything in this world of training, engagement, leadership, that you're looking to, to do differently or to add or to experiment with? What's the future look like for you? Good question. Um, I think right now it's really about developing our managers and leaders to the next level. So it's really, now that they have a lot of the foundational pieces of it, it's really taking that perspective of who am I as a leader? What is my leadership style? And how can I become better? And what is the feedback that others are giving me? Um, And how can I take that and be vulnerable and still have the confidence to be a leader? And I think that's where we're going to be going next. Love that. And where can our listeners find out more about A. Weber and the awesome stuff you guys have to offer? Oh, definitely. You can come to aweber.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. And um, if anybody's interested in finding me, you can definitely find me on LinkedIn or at hopebe at aweber.com. 
Hope B at aweber.com. We'll put all those links and everything in the right places. Hope, thanks for coming on the LeadX Leadership Show and sharing your wisdom. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Friends, if you like this episode of the LeadX Leadership Podcast, please take a minute, leave a rating on iTunes or Stitcher. Ratings are invaluable for attracting new listeners. And I like to convert those listeners into leaders because, you know, I'm on a mission to spark 100 million leaders in the next 10 years. And if you want to become the boss everyone fights to work for and nobody wants to leave, check out the LeadX platform with Coach Amanda at LeadX.org. And if you have 10 or more managers who could use some binge-worthy training, send me an email at info at LeadX.org, L-E-A-D-X dot O-R-G, and we'll talk about getting you set up with a totally free pilot for those managers. See if they like it. If they don't, that's fine. We go away. Part as friends. But if they love it, you've just found yourself a new resource for them. Remember, leadership is influence. You're always leading. How are you going to lead today? 